everybody. Welcome back to Linux Cast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Tyler. I, I, I timed that right along with your inhale, so I'm just... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And I still, like, I will say, this is the first time, I think, in a while, where I did it, I did it properly, but I looked, I'm so used to looking at this camera that when I set it, I looked straight into this one, and I'm like, oh. Oops. Oh, I try, when I first started YouTubing, YouTubing, like it's a verb, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I had like a, like a really old Logitech and I had something else. I don't know. I had two different webcams. So I decided when I was going to do work on this monitor, I would use this webcam. So I set them both up in OBS. And every time I was like looking this way, I was, I was always looking this way. So my face was always the wrong angle. Like, <laughs> I've been doing this now for so long. I don't think I can move it. Like it has to stay there. Otherwise, I'd mess myself up. Exactly, and that's what I've done here. I just, I just need to go back to the the way that things should be, the way that I'm used to them. All right. Let me just. It, so this is the Linux Cast. We talk about Linux. This is our weekly podcast where we talk about stuff. Now, we do talk about Linux all the time. Like this is that's what the t- main topic of the show is. But if you haven't tuned in before, you should know that uh, Tyler and I are uh, incapable of following an outline. So we have show notes. Like there's a show note is does does this 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 and this. Like it's in order, and any anyone even with our limited intellect should be able to follow this outline. <laughs> like, like it should be able to be possible, but it's not possible. So just be prepared going into this that if you've never listened to this before that. We will eventually get to the main topic, which is in the title, but um, when that will be. It takes a little bit of time. I mean, it's just yeah. it, eventually we'll get there. <laughs> like, like we do get – well, there was that one week where we never did get there. We, we yeah. had to push it to the next week. <laughs> uh, but it's only happened once. It's okay? only, it only has, once. It has only happened once. All right, so our first section, Tyler. Uh, and, and I'm so pleased to be able to ask this to you again. <laughs> Tyler, what have you done on Linux this week, my friend? Oh, well, um, I went from uh, Windows 11 uh, to Fedora, and I did a video um, on my journey back to Linux, um, which was weird because I I think there is a very small minority of people that I do want to go ahead and address. A lot of, not a lot, because most people got the point of the video, but which was just literally telling you my experience of how I started using Windows, why I started using Windows, and then my journey back from using Windows to Linux. Just that's it. Some small minority of people thought that I was like justifying using Windows ever. Um, that wasn't the point of it because I feel like you really don't have to justify using whatever works for you. If you have whatever reason for using something and it works, use it. Um, that's fine. But I I started off this kind of week transitioning from Windows back to Fedora uh, because Fedora did solve a lot of issues that I was having um, with Linux in general. Um, I have a 1440p monitor that's 165 hertz and um, newer hardware like a 6600 XT. And on Linux in general, like a lot of different distros, it was either the kernel just didn't support it because I needed a newer kernel, such as like Debian. You get the point. The older Linux, you know, older Linux uh, distros did not really support it at all. Um, then the newer ones, I had to configure Xorg like a ton, and it was it was terrible. Um, but Fedora was felt pretty premium and worked a lot. But um, 
I still had like weird performance issues. Like Valheim would run perfectly fine until I tried to start streaming. Then performance would tank to like one fourth of the performance that I should be seeing. I had to keep it windowed because making it full screen would cause issues whole bunch of problems and then also my the screen flickering thing with my brio was still happening which that seemed to happen on any linux distro no matter what um yeah there were still issues and so uh i was like i i'm having issues my goal is to just get worked on the game i'm gonna go back to windows 11 i don't know what happened i was using windows for like a little bit and then i just I was like, you know what? I had, I really didn't give Arco a chance. And I've got the Arco shirt here at my house that I made. So like, I should at least try and give it a chance. So I installed Arco Linux B, the plasma edition, um, because I, I wanted to go KDE and it is exceptional. Um, I was recommended by someone using Arco to uh, definitely use the experimental packages for AMD because that would solve a lot of driver issues, which most other people in the Linux space told me that I shouldn't use those because there's no need to. The support's already there in the regular one. Um, the performance is the same as Windows in every regard. Uh, Unity works just the same, uh, actually better because I don't, I, no matter how long I leave my project open for, I never get random weird errors from Unity, which I still got those on Windows. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, my games perform pretty much the same, if not better. Uh, while streaming, I was getting like 160 FPS in Valheim, um, which is awesome. Uh, I played Dying Light, maxed out on ultra settings, also got as far as I know, above 90, I wasn't checking the FPS, but it definitely felt like it was around 100 FPS, if not more. Awesome. Um, and pretty much in every other regard, works. Audio is fine here. Um, the screen flickering, like green or whatever, in, in Discord with the Brio is... Like, it still happens, as far as I can tell, occasionally, but it's far less frequent. Far less frequent than anywhere else I've been. So I would just like to say that I told you so. I mean, yes, (laughs) like I've been I've been telling you for ages that Arco is the best distro. And what did you do? You didn't listen to me. Um, I I didn't. I didn't. And I want to explain for anyone here why I didn't. If you go to their website, their website is disorganized as shit. Um, It is terribly disorganized. It is way better than it used to be. I'm just telling you this I, right now. And I believe you. I don't know that, but I definitely believe you. Because uh, I could, de- I can imagine, like, because it has been around for a while, like, if that's an improvement, there has to have been a much worse, like, version of it. It was the th- way worse. Now, they still have that weird thing where they have multiple, like, domain names that you have to... But if you just go to arcolinux.com, that should be the only one that they have. They should all, it should all go there. And they got the big download button up in the top. As long as you know what you need to download, go there and that'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it is confusing. But man, once you install it, it's so good, buddy. It's okay, bud. I know, I know. He just wants attention. <laughs> he can tell I'm talking to somebody. He's like, it's not me. He, what's going on? <laughs> but the thing with Arco Linux, for anyone who gets confused when you go to their website, just download. Like, honest to God, just download Arco Linux B and pick out like if you want Plasma, whatever. Go there. It's fine. Like. 
Arco Linux B, I think, is a good recommendation. I think you recommended Excel before we yeah, like, the, started the recording. Yeah, the Excel one comes with i3 OpenBox and XFCE already installed. Uh, and I think you can go through and install others as well. But that's the one that comes with a whole bunch of stuff. Just It's all just pre-configured for you. It's by far the easiest one for people who are just getting started. Uh, yeah. The other ones get more confusing because you're more in charge of what gets installed yeah. as you go through the installer. And I think that's what hurts them a lot is because it, it, Arco Linux is all about freedom of choice. But they, and ha- so you can... they have that brand I, – I don't know if it's on all their ISOs or not, but they have two – like when you get that welcome screen, the one that you, that you complained about that's kind of weird. Yes, we'll the, get to that. With, yeah. the, with the buttons all over the place. They have two different ways of installing. They have the expert mode and like the beginner mode. Um, yeah. And if you go to the if you go through the beginner mode, it's just the Calamari's installer that goes through and installs yeah. all the stuff for you. It's really easy. Um, yeah. And even if you are an advanced user, most likely just use the beginner installation. Like yeah. I, I mean, it lets you encrypt. Like I have my install encrypted. Like I, I, there's really not that much of a need to go through and do the advanced install, like really at all. Um, but just just talking to the person out there that's like me and you're oriented more towards you want like more of a prof- like not necessarily professional but more of a um i don't know a premium feeling experience um do not let their website or that welcome screen or like the welcome screen in the live environment as well like don't let that welcome screen discourage you from the the premium or quality experience that you're going to have with it. I know it looks disorganized. I know when the Calamaris installer comes up, especially on high resolution screens, the fonts there look really blurry and like they're not well made. That's a Calamaris thing. It happens on every single. Exactly. I, 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 I held that against Arco and didn't actually install it and try using it because I, if that was the look of it, I didn't expect a premium experience out of it. You can. It is really good. It's just, it doesn't install the level of confidence that it should, because yeah. it's so good. You tell them, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. I thought it was going to be my dog that'd be going around in the background, but apparently not. All right. Uh, He's been running. He has no excuse. Uh, so on, on the subject of Arco, uh, the best advice I can give you, Tyler, and anyone else who tries it is if you have problems, don't distro hop away from it join their discord uh not their discord but join their telegram group and ask the questions like tell them what's going on and they'll either point you to a video that they made on their youtube channel which is uh eric dubois he's got got like three thousand youtube videos um and uh, they'll either point you there or they'll help you solve i've that community there has just been phenomenal in helping every time i had ever had a problem uh, they just go through and they help you you know, it, no. there's no... Their Discord is great, too. Yeah. Like, their Discord is really good. Um, so, yeah, just ask for help. Like, you'll get help. I mean, they do have a tendency... To, if there's a video that exists that solves your problem, they'll just tell you, go look at the video. It's the equivalent of read the effing manual. But uh, it's a you know it's not that big of a deal to go to YouTube and search for it. So, uh, yeah. And if you're, you know, a beginner, typically a video explaining it and walking, walking you through it is kind of better than a manual yeah. it, it depends on the person but you know for beginner people yeah it's definitely kind of the way to go yeah so as you're on my linux distro i switched away from the damn thing and installed manjaro 
and you were going to install this with me, by the way, and you were on Manjaro. I, I did install it with you. <laughs> you I did. You, you did, <laughs> and you were on it for like 15 minutes, by the way, mm-hmm. if even that, yeah. and then you switched away. Uh, and that had to do with a, a, your Steam library, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And kind of the response that I got to it. like. <laughs> All right, so I've now been using this now for, well, I think it was, because it would have been a week today. Because we installed, it was last Thursday we, we tried to install it. I've used it now for a whole week. And it's fine. <laughs> I, 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 it's fine. Uh, I, I'm having some issues. So let me talk about the issues. So first okay. of all, uh, I installed DWM. like Because I'm going to use DWM. Uh, I have the Plasma on here as well. But um, I, I uh, installed DWM and it's fine. It works way it should except for Kaden live for whatever reason when i bring up the file picker in Kaden live it won't let me change directories like all the directories are grayed out like and you can't change the directory so i can't choose like where any of my <laughs> where i like save the projects for any of the videos i had to save them all in the videos directory because that's the only one it, it will let me choose because that's what's chosen by default and i don't understand that uh because it's stupid it has to be a dwm problem because if i log out and go into kde it's fine. It works fine. The problem is my KDE install is broken. <laughs> like, like the KDE install, none of the themes works. So uh, every single window I open has a different theme. Like some of them are using uh, the Cavantum theme, which is what it should be using. And some of them are using like the bright white breeze theme. It's really weird. And half the icons are missing. Uh, and half, uh, and so there's just like a blank space, and in half the places, uh, the icons have been replaced with text for whatever reason. So uh, I don't know what the hell's going on there. It's really, really weird. And I mean, those aren't like huge deals, but they're annoying, and I need to fix them before. Because I'm not. What I decided to do was go through and do an in-depth comparison between Manjaro, Endeavor, Arco, and uh, Garuda. Those four, those are like the four main arts-based distros. I'm going to do an in-depth comparison video of those, and Manjaro is the first one. So I need to go through and get all that stuff fixed before I go through and record that portion of the video. But so far, it's been... Maybe it's because I have such an attachment to Arco, but this doesn't feel like as good of an experience. No, it's shit. No, like, I'll come out there and say, for all you people who like Manjaro and it works for you, that's awesome, but compared to pretty much every other, like, Arch-based distro that I've used, it's shit. Um, a lot of stuff doesn't work, or it seems like it's not meant to go together, or you have to you have to know X, Y, and Z to make sure that you don't cause problems here, there, and it's a nightmare to use. It just is. Yeah, it, it doesn't... I'll just say it. It does not... <laughs> feel as you all right so their website is superior to arco <laughs> okay their website <laughs> yes. is the best yeah. is way better than arco's it's 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 their website is really good um the problem is is that i don't feel like their support is as good because basically they have a form i don't know if they have like a telegram or a discord i haven't actually looked into it but it doesn't feel like their support is as good. It also feels like they're a much more insular community. They're kind of like a like a mini Arch Linux group, like where they don't. Yeah. It, it, the few times I've asked them questions, it's always been condescending. Like it's like yes, like mm-hmm. 
Like, that's not if the, you go through and read their forums compared to other Linux distros, they're much more condescending than other beginner-friendly distro forums. Yeah, and and that and that's the thing is like Manjaro is supposed to be the, uh, you know, Linux or the Arch Linux beginner-friendly distro. It's supposed to be the one. Like, everyone says if you want to start out on Arch Linux, choose that's Manjaro. That's what you choose. Like, but like, it doesn't. Okay, so. I have to stop right here for just a second. Hardtech, rewind for a few minutes and go back to the beginning. He's no longer a Windows user, okay? He's using Arco. Chill the fuck out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he he fixed himself, all right? He's back where he should be. He's he's returned to the promised land. Anyways, um, everybody tells you that Manjaro is supposed to be the one that you use, and it just it doesn't like if I was a beginning uh, a beginning Linux user, if I was a noob. I would be having problems right now because there would be stuff here that I don't – like that theming issue in Plasma, I have no clue how to fix that right now. Like, okay. No. That, is a, that is a good example, but I've got an even better one for new Linux users. If you're someone coming over to Linux, you casually play games. Casually. Not a ton, but you casually play games. You install Steam on Manjaro, what's going to happen? Most likely, you already have a library of games that most of which you don't really need to reinstall. You just need to execute with Proton to have work. Importing your Steam library on essentially every other Linux distro that I've tried. I think there's one, maybe two, other than other than Manjaro that when you tried it, I have an I have a big XFAT 14 terabyte storage drive. It pulls in through Steam. Perfectly on here on Arco pulls in perfectly on Fedora. It did. There was one time when I tried it with Fedora where it didn't, but I can't remember how I got that fixed, but it was an easy fix. Um, but on pretty much every other Linux distro, it pulls in fine. Um, on Manjaro, it does not. And the type of support that I got from people who use Manjaro was very weird. I pretty much got essentially two answers. One, I'm an idiot for using XFAT and that's why it doesn't work in the first place. Reformat your entire drive and then use it. And then the other one was that I should make the folder, the Steam library folder on the hard drive executable and somehow that would fix the issue, which it didn't by the way, but obviously that wouldn't have fix the issue anyway like duh but that yeah that was kind of the only help that i got from manjaro people who reached out it was very weird like i'm not i'm sorry but if the solution to switching over to linux is that i need to for some ethereal reason delete my 600 gigabytes of games then re-download all of them um no that shouldn't be the case now i'm gonna have to re-download some of them maybe or just not play them but that's besides the point they're all there i yeah. can use them xfat works like I, I don't know why i got that recommendation gaming has but. been weird for me so like you know on, i was talking about this last week on arco i was having the problem where i hit the play button and it would do something for a few seconds and then it'd go immediately back to the play button and it just wouldn't play and that was, it was everything with proton I think I'm missing a dependency there, but I thought switching to Manjaro would fix that. It was part of the reason why I agreed to do it in the first place was that I thought that I could get some of the games to work. But I had the exact same problem. I get the exact same problem on Manjaro as this. I download like Civilization, which is a Windows binary, or is a, is a Proton game, and um, I try to play it, and it does the exact same thing. I hit play, 
it does something for a microsecond and then it goes right back to play and there's nothing to it. Now I switched to MX Linux on my other hard drive. Works fine. Like it's perfectly fine. I played it for half an hour last night. Um, so it's some, it's something weird with Arch Linux that doesn't like this particular hardware. Because it can't just be the distro, because they're two different distros, so it's really weird. Um, the only thing I haven't tried to do is actually ask somebody. Uh, like I've searched for it, but I haven't actually asked. So maybe I need to get into a forum somewhere and see if there's a way like to debug it or something. Um, so, um, so my experience with Manjaro has just been, it it, it feels meh. You know, it just feels yeah meh. You know, like. And I I will freely admit that I think part of that is because of my attachment to Argo. Um, so I'll, and mine's not. And I just say I won't even call it man. I call it bad. Like I didn't even like it. It was it was not good. But it's just me personally. All right. So yeah, I I don't know. It's going to be an interesting experience because my next one is going to be Endeavor. And as insular as the Manjaro community feels the endeavor os community is very they're not really uh insular they're more they're they're like all fanboys <laughs> like, yeah. like they're, yeah. they're they're the biggest group of fanboys you're ever gonna meet and it's gonna be an interesting thing because if i don't like it and i diss it like i swear to god tyler i made that top five arch space distros in like november like november or december and it's really it was a very popular video got like ten thousand views and I had Arco or not? I had Endeavor OS number four, which I mean, it's on a it's on a list of top five out of like probably a hundred Archbase distros, and somebody posted in their forums like this, this guy posted us number four, and he doesn't know what he's talking about, and how dare he diss us so bad? It's like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> like, for, like I'm trying to highlight your distro. What are you talking like, about? <laughs> you made the list, like. you're in the hall of fame what are you bitching about you're not number one that's like making it to forbes top 10 and then bitching because you're number eight or nine (laughs) like what (laughs) how dare bill gates have more money than i do (laughs) that's so dumb um yeah that was it was an interesting it would be interesting to see how that plays out anyways so uh that is it for us on the first section which we only managed to take half an hour to get through (laughs) (laughs) all right anyways uh so, uh, moving on to the contact information, and this is where we're gonna have a little bit of a, of a mea culpa. Let's just say that, uh, an, an apology from the the big wig, if you will. All right. So, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so t- at Twitter at Linuxcast on Twitter. You can subscribe to all of our stuff at linuxcast.org. Now, last week I made a promise and set myself a deadline that there'd be a website at that you at that URL. I have failed this promise. I, I failed. I failed. Why did I not bet money on it? Come on. <laughs> I've been sick, okay? I had just have not felt like doing it. It's been a horrible week in terms of actually doing actual work. So I, adding extra stuff on top of that, it just, it just, it was not something that, you know, I felt like doing. So I apologize that there's still not a website there, but. For those of you who have been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you'll know that this po- this website has been promised forever. Like, literally yes. since 2017, I've been promising a website. It is, I started this podcast with promises of a website. <laughs> it, it, it is closer to reality than it has ever been before. 
but it's not there yet. I apologize for that. Anyways, uh, you can contact us via email if you'd like to bitch about the lack of a website. You can use that email at the linuxcast.org. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast. I'll read all the, patron, the, all the patrons at the end of the show. Uh, you can support Tyler on uh, YouTube or Odyssey. Uh, you can find those links in the video description, or you can go to youtube.com slash zanyog on YouTube, which is zannydurl, which I... Somebody said I should change your that bitly to yours. Your thing. I got that message as well. Yeah. Um, I should do that. I'll do that right after I get the website done. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. I got that message telling me that I should let you know that, and I'm like, I'm not gonna reach out because really, in all, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's still a link. It it still works no matter what. <laughs> it's fine. Don't you know when you ask Matt to change something, he'll eventually get to it and do it. It's yeah. just it, it takes a bit. It takes yeah. a while. And and with how unreliable I can be on things, I'm not going to be that stick in the mud. Like, come on, do this. Like, no. It's no. all right. Anyways, you can also join the Discord and the Telegram groups. Those links will also be in the video description. Tyler has also has a, a Discord group. You can join that. It's awesome. And you can subscribe to the Linux Cast on YouTube at youtube.com slash LinuxCast if you haven't already, uh, where you'll find uh, daily Linux videos. Um, some of them good. Some of them not so good. Where, I like them. Where the line is between good and bad usually depends on what I'm talking about for the day. <laughs> that that Pipewire one pissed some people off yesterday. I'm telling you that because apparently people really like Pipewire. Like they've had way better experiences with Pipewire than I have. Um, I wish Same. I had really good experience with Pipewire, but I, I just haven't. Um, but anyways, so uh, check that out. Subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. So every week, Tyler and I scour the interweb to uh, find the best news items of the week that relate to Windows. This week is yes. like no different than all the weeks before. We have done this. We have managed to take time out of our busy days and uh, found two links. <laughs> two measly links. That's all we've done. <laughs> like building that up. As Man, a, I, as I do have a question. Was this a Ferrodian slip? Because you did say that we spend our time trying to find links pertaining to windows. Oh, did I say that? Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I switched to windows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would be hilarious. If I could. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> trust me. I can tell you from experience. People don't like it when you say that. It's not good. I didn't actually switch to windows. You couldn't get me to switch to windows. Um, I'm sick. I told you words are, are hard, but anyways, uh, Tyler, what is your news link of the week? Uh, mine is well. I do have to go go ahead and say that uh, Matt picked a picked a good one because I picked it too, but he put his in the show notes first, so I found my new link. It's which all strategy, man. It's all strategy. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's smart strategy. But um, I found a, a decent one, which hopefully everyone's heard about. Um, but we are supposedly going to be getting the Steam Deck. Uh, fam- like this February at the end of this February. Now, <clears throat> with me going uh, going ahead and saying that, I do want to go ahead and uh, now open it up to just a quick little question: Who in here is stupid enough to believe that we will actually get it on February 25th? I think some people will probably get shipping notifications around that time, but they're doing this in waves. So, like, I'm in like the, yeah. I'm in like the second batch. I'm expecting mine sometime. 2023 ish i mean at this point um which i'm actually okay with because then i can you know like i have the money set aside for it but 
I like to actually hold on to that money for a little while. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and I think, I think that the people who get this day one are going to be mightily disappointed. I just have that feeling, man. Don't you? Same. Well, I, I have to be honest. Like when it comes strictly to gaming, like strictly to gaming, Linux still doesn't feel ready for what the Steam Deck has promised. Yeah, it like, really doesn't. And the, the thing is, is that it's not that there's not a lot of games that you can play on Linux, but I, I mean, and even a lot of Windows games that you can play on Linux, they work just fine. But a lot of those Windows games, they require tweaks. You know, they require something yeah. that you have to either install. They require a flag or something to work. Like they require you to yeah. know, or that you to play it and experience a problem and then fix the problem. And even though it can be fixed. That's still a problem. Yeah. That that the fact that that whole thing even has to happen. It's like that's asking somebody to troubleshoot their PlayStation or Xbox. You know? Oh my God! Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah, just no. and that's just not the way it's gonna gonna work. So that that's why I have a that's why I'm perfectly happy getting mine like even a year from now, like because that means that Steam has gone through a whole year of hopefully getting developers on the whole anti cheat thing, getting them to port their uh, games to Proton. Uh, any uh, hardware defects will hopefully, you know, be solved by then. You know, I'm, I'm so I'm quite happy that I'm in the second pass of this. So. Yeah. And I still, I got, just so I go ahead and say, I still don't think anyone's going to actually get it delivered to their house on February 25th. I think they'll they'll start telling people like, hey, we're about to start shipping it out. Like that's what it, it and that's again best case scenario. Yeah. I still think it'll probably get pushed back another month or so. I don't think that they would have announced a date unless they were going to have some of these out. Now I don't think that it will be very many, but I think that they'll say, hey, oh look at this, we shipped ten of these things out. Ten people have them, or yeah. I because I think that that's the day that we'll see like reviews of it. Like they'll probably they've probably shipped some of them right now to like the big reviewers, The Verge and. Uh, probably Chris Titus because he gets everything. The Gardner Bryant because yeah. he's had like four, forty or fifty videos on this. So uh, those guys are probably going to get this, um, and then they'll get reviews, right? Um, that's probably what they'll go through and do. Um, hmm. But I, I, it's going to be sl- it's going to be slow. I don't think I don't think this is Steam's problem. I think it's the all the freaking uh, like uh, chip shortages and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's I'm I'm just as worried now about it as I was when it was first announced. You know what I mean? Same. Like, yeah, it's weird. And, and, like, I shouldn't be as worried. And, and, and the thing is, is that they've gone through and they've done what they said that they were going to do. They said that they were going to get anti-cheat working on Linux. It works on Linux, the two big ones. They said that they were going to do DRM on Linux. A lot of the DRM stuff now works on Linux. They thought they said that they were going to do a, a lot more Proton games and stuff working on Linux uh, than was was working at the time. They've gone through and done that, but it still feels like, just like you said, gaming's not quite there on Linux yet. And uh, I gotta remember, I'm not a big gamer, right? I'm just, I'm not. So. Well, as someone who's developing games and is into gaming, it is like it's not. God, it has come so far. Like, not, and I'm not talking like just since Linux, like I started using Linux. Like I'm saying in the past couple of years, and especially since the Steam Deck's been announced, God, it has come so far, but it is still scary. It's like, I just want normal people to grab it and be fine. Like never even have to worry about what OS it's using. 
but I still feel like that's going to happen. Well, there's going to be several criticisms when this comes out, and this is something that you can just mark down. It's going to be fact. It's going to happen. The first one is going to be that there's not a lot of game. There's going to be a lot of games on Steam that just aren't going to be playable. That's just it's going to be true day one. But we all, most people who knew this, like they know about Linux and they know about gaming on Linux, they knew this was going to be true already. There, there was going to be there was going to be no way, no how that this was ever going to be 100% compatibility across the board. That was just never going to happen. And as far as I'm concerned, probably never will happen. There's just going to be there's going to be some games out there, some game developers out there that are just never going to port their uh, games to use um, like uh, anti-cheat on Linux. They're just never going to do it. Just, whether or not it's out of laziness or just because of uh, support or whatever, it doesn't matter. There's going to be there's, it's never going to happen. Uh, and just to back you up on that point, there's there's games made for Windows that don't even work on Windows, dog. Right. Like 100 100% compatibility is a dream. Right. right. So that's going to be the first thing that people are going to complain about is that there's going to be there's going to be games that you're not going to be able to play. The next thing we're going to hear about is that being able to use games outside of Steam isn't going to work at all. Like Epic, the Epic Game Store is not going to be there. And for whatever reason, people think that this is going to be a legitimate criticism, like as if you can go through and, well, I can't play my Windows game on my Nintendo Switch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, it's the same thing, but I guarantee that some of the tech blogs are going to say this because, well, it runs, runs on an operating system, so therefore I should be able to install whatever whatever. Well, it, it's only a problem in their – they did market it as it's just a PC. Yeah, and so most people, when they think of it's just a PC, they're like, well, anything works on it. Like anything well, should. They also came out when they first announced and said, even though they walked it back later, they said that they were aiming for 100% compatibility. That was 100% of a mistake. Like you should you yes. should always under promise over deliver. That's I mean, yeah. that's literally whatever 101. It's like it's like business yeah. 101 under, you know. Under promise, over deliver. That way, I mean, it's just yeah. it, it's the way you should live life, because <laughs> then you can't be disappointed, and you can't disappoint the people you're trying to impress. Like if, if you come out and you do better than this, you know, people are gonna sing your praises. If you come out and meet that expectation, you're gonna be, have met, met expectations. But if you go through and say, well, we're gonna have 100% game compatibility, that's an we just said that's an impossible. Thing to meet, it's just it's not going to happen. So they should have never said that, and that's going to be the number one thing that people are going to say. Like, well, they said it was going to be 100, percent and I can't play, whatever, you know. And to the people who want to defend Valve here, because I do want to, like, I also am a like a big proponent for defending Valve. They have our backs in all, pretty much every area. Yes, we all know they didn't technically say that they were going to have 100 percent game compatibility. They said we're aiming for it, but when you're talking to regular people, aiming for it means, well, if that's what you're shooting for, you failed if you didn't get to it. Right. And that's exactly. semantic. Again, it's it is semantics, but at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Well, and people like, on the internet don't actually read articles; they read headlines. Oh, yeah. And e- yeah. and every single tech blog out there said Steam's going to have 100% compatibility in their headline, even though in the article they got it right. They said In the article they would have said they're aiming for 100%. In the headline it said they're going to have 100%, so that's what people have read, and that's what people are going to expect. And you can't say that and then not deliver it, and then expect your 
game device to have good reviews because you're this hardware and the software could be perfect. I mean, it could be really good, and I expect the hardware to be really good. I expect the software experience to be really good. Steam does good software when they actually mm. release something. They do a good job, uh, but they're going to have – the reviews are going to make or break this device, and they've already set themselves up for failure like, like mm. out of the gate. And it's, it's going to be – I mean – I don't think that that means that the Steam Deck is going to fail. I just think that it's going to have uh, – it had a whole bunch of excitement around the announcement, and people went through and pre-ordered a lot. Like a lot of – millions of people pre-ordered this thing, and they're going to get them eventually over the next couple of years. But I think that once those reviews come out, new sales are just going to plummet for a while. Yeah. And, until they can finally get to the point where they actually have – say, hey, you want to have the vast majority of games – play on like uh, there was an article on i think it was on bleeping computer but i can't remember what website was it at. i'll try to link it in the show notes when i get a chance but they were saying that their steam has gone through steam has or valve has gone through and started putting uh those rec those uh categorizations on the game saying whether or not it w it's available to play on the um on the steam deck whether it's you know verified it works verified it kind of works doesn't work at all whatever you know um, mm -hmm. And out of all the ones that they've done so far, only 100, 100 games have gone through and said this works on Steam Deck for sure. Now, yeah. from what, I, what I've read of that article, it said, said that they're not done yet. So they're still going through and doing that. So that number is going to go up. But with it being this close to getting in people's hands, yeah, that it's still worrying. That, that system, that, that ranking system has to be done by the time February 25th comes around. Otherwise, it's because that's what people are going to look at to see what works or not. Yeah. Like, otherwise, that's a big indicator. otherwise, if 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 that system is not done, you're going to have people assuming things uh, don't work that do. Right. And that's e that's even worse. Right. Like, they're, they're going to assume things that don't work and that they actually do, and they're going to have it the other way around. They're going to assume things work and then they don't, so they're going to go through and they're going to download a hundred gigabyte game, try to play it, and it's not going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, for example, yesterday, I was going to try to get, uh, I think it's War Thunder or something like that. It's one of the Warship games. It's a Windows game. Mm -hmm. That thing takes up 90 gigabytes of space. So I couldn't download it on my other partition because it's only 115 gigabyte partition. Uh, but somebody's going to go through and download that game on, a, on, like, an SD card or whatever and get it there. And then maybe it doesn't work, you know? And mm -hmm. that's going to be okay for them because you've already got their money. But though that person's gonna get online and and tw yeah. tweet to their friends. And you're gonna and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna lose out on sales. Like yeah, ugh. that's why I, I'm just I'm I'm very anxious about it. Very anxious yeah. about it. So what about your news? All right, yeah, we've become very passionate about that. So uh, yeah. uh go, going from something that was has the potential to be bad news uh, and failure to something that has been around for 12 years and we're uh uh just patching it i mean every once in a while we come across these patches in linux or, or these vulnerabilities in linux that have been around for a long time there's one in sudo not too long ago that had been around for like 20 years um and they just patched it because they just discovered it right so uh recently there was a 12 year old policy kit uh that allowed local privilege ex escalation uh on on your machine basically allowing you to uh, a person to have uh, root privileges and uh, it's been around for 12 years, and it was in Policy Kit. So if you don't know what Policy Kit is, basically it's every time you go into a, a like a 
anything that requires root privileges and it has a pop-up that asks for your password, that's PaulKit. That's basically what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, much more technical than that, but whatever. But anyways, they, they, they found this. They've patched it. Um, and uh, honestly, the, 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 the vulnerability itself is not all that interesting to me. This kind of stuff pops up every once in a while. What every time I see one of these, though, is one of the reason why I want to cover it was because every t- every time one of these things happens, it, it just astonishes me how quickly like every single distribution that's like major has gone through and like mm-hmm. they patched this thing. Like already, right, it's 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 patched. You can go download the the do an app update. Just run an just, just run an update command <laughs> and, and, and you'll and, download it and it'll fix. Like can you? I mean. There was, it wasn't too long ago that Windows put out a, 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 a update that started deleting files, and that mm-hmm. and that fiasco went on for like a month and a half while they tried to fix that thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Linux, something happens, they discover it. Now yes, it says 12 years, but they discovered it like a week ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fixed. Like on every major distro, it's fixed, and it's just it boggles my mind how quickly this stuff gets done. And it's just one of the other reasons why you should use Linux. And I also like how like it's one of those things where like inside of the Linux space, like you don't have like Windows vulnerabilities. Like a lot of the times they kind of try to cushion how bad the vulnerability is all of the times or like like, you know, they, they tell you that it's bad and how it's bad and like how bad it can be. But they try and pad it like it's. For most people, it's probably fine. You know, it's fine. On Linux, they're just completely open. Like, here in this article, I love it. They have this little tiny, like, two sentence. There, it's technically one sentence, but little part here. The bad news is that uh, PolicyKit's PK exec tool was vulnerable for more than 12 years since its creation in May 2009, and it can be exploited even if the PolKit daemon's not running. So it can be exploited at any time, no matter what. Even if you're not running the Paul Kit daemon, it doesn't matter. It can still be exploited. Like that kind of stuff on Windows is like padded down. It's like no, we won't just talk. We won't talk. Like just tell them about the vulnerability. It's bad. Let's not get into the details about how bad it could possibly have been for some well, people. Yeah, because there's no one here that needs to spin anything. Like we don't need to protect Linus Torvald's reputation. Like yeah, like he he doesn't he doesn't have a reason to cover this up. In fact, he has reasons to be as free and open about it as possible because that's just the way it has to be, right? I mean, if all of a sudden the Linux Foundation and the Linux kernel guys started covering shit up, (laughs) like, we'd be in a lot of trouble, right? Like, it would no longer be Linux. So, um, it's just, I don't know. Uh, I'm always, like I said, I'm always impressed with how fast this stuff gets done. Uh, And I think that uh, it just makes me so happy that I use Linux all the time. So, uh, that's the news. Now we are 50 minutes into this podcast. We're finally getting to the main topic. Believe it or not, I don't think that this is a record. I'm pretty sure. No, it's, it's not. not. A record. I'm pretty sure we made it to an hour before without getting to the main topic. So the main topic this week. Now uh, I I have rephrased the, the the topic that Tyler wrote just a little bit uh, to kind of broaden it out just a bit. So the the topic this week is Tyler's is Nvidia anti Linux is the way I rephrase this. So Tyler, uh, take it away. Um, this was, this was your topic, should we, right? Should I just answer the question? Cause I think we all know it. Is <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, th- I, I think, I think it, uh, like 
expanding the question a little bit is more accurate. Like, so they are against Linux. Why? Like, I t- to me, like, here's the thing. I don't understand being against open sourcing your stuff. Um, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know of one example of why it would be a bad thing for NVIDIA if it was open source, other than there might be legal reasons. Like, there might be code in their drivers and stuff that they don't actually own. Like, that I can understand. AMD has but, a proprietary driver, too. I mean... Yeah, I mean they have the open yeah. source one that most people use, but they also have the pro, pro, the AMG AMD Pro or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's possible for you to be a proprietary and not be a horrible Linux yeah. citizen. You know. Uh, yeah. I do like the picture. I love it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to share. It for, I mean, I had, I had to show up at once. Right. Yeah. The, the, like. I I I don't know. Like, in in your opinion, do you do you see any negative thing happening to NVIDIA if they open, like if they did what AMD did and split it up where they have one open source one, that's like not Nuvo. Like Nuvo does not count as open source drivers. Like I don't, I don't care who you are. If you think Nuvo is an actual open source driver, it is not. It's just, it, it functions to just make something work. It's kind of like taking in like a transmission from a, um, from like a Honda and trying to shove it into like a like a trailer tr- truck like that hauls shit like it's just not gonna work it do- it doesn't function. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to be the corporate apologist on the on this podcast. I really don't. But I don't think that we should ever expect them to make it over open source. And I do think that they would be hurt by doing so because the thing about this thing is we have two companies that do this, right? But the thing is, unlike the CPU space where AMD really does hold their own, they've actually kind of taking the lead over the last couple of years uh, over Intel in, in the GPU space where we have Nvidia and AMD uh, most of the time all the new technologies that are invented are invented by Nvidia like uh, ray tracing um, I, I don't know if they're actually invented but they're brought to main market by Nvidia right no. so like ray traces DLSS all this stuff was brought to the main market by nvidia and if they were to open source that then they'd kind of be giving amd act that which is always far behind with those technologies they'd be giving that kind of code to amd and allow them to kind of catch up now that's the the capitalist uh, way of looking at sure okay. uh, but you got to remember they're a company so that's going to be the way they look at it um uh, as a linux guy i think that uh they may be hurt like in the short run in terms of that actually happening, but eventually it would probably spur them to be more competitive simply because if AMD, I mean, look, look at how AMD being competitive in the, the CPU market has kicked you know, a little fire under Intel's ass and made yeah. them actually take things seriously again and try to innovate again because they've been resting on their laurels ever since the i three came out you know what i mean so yeah. the fact that now those two companies are neck and neck and they're competing against each other cpu i mean you're too young probably to remember this you probably been like 10 years old but back when in like the pentium four days and the pentium three days where everybody was like hey more cores faster gigahertz like gigahertz used to be the thing right like it didn't really matter the cores because you're only ever going to get two, one or two cores anyways but literally like 3.2 gigahertz, 4.2 gigahertz, and 
it was about the time we were reaching that point where gigahertz kind of you know fell by the wayside but at that point the reason why that race happened was because amd and intel were so competitive against each other they each had to have cpus that ran faster and faster and faster uh, I think that that could happen in the GPU space too if they were more competitive, and they're not really competitive right now, like at all. Yes. I mean, at- like AMD is not competitive, but I will say it's not competitive in the um, enterprise space. Enterprise wise and like AI wise, fluid simulation wise, CUDA, like, a- like NVIDIA's technology with CUDA and everything is much widely used it's much more widely taken advantage of um the problem though is is for the average consumer market which is pretty much what amd actually targets yes they do make stuff for the enterprise but they're more targeted towards the consumer market nvidia like a lot of the technologies that them as a company which i understand their mindset they want to protect their like creations their investment in these different projects um but the projects that they're invested in uh, consumer wise no one really gives a shit about like honest to god like if you buy a graphics card solely for the fact that it's got ray tracing i i'm we're just two totally different people like i don't i've had ray tracing and i've not had ray tracing it doesn't matter ray tracing is like it, it looks it looks nice but you really don't need it it doesn't really perform like it it's just it's one of those things where i could live without it easily because it doesn't matter dll dlss only matters when you're cheaping out on a card anyway which you shouldn't be doing um or if you're going to be taking it up to an insane resolution which again most people aren't so it it's a technology that honestly could be made open source and really wouldn't affect which card average people buy. I mean, if AMD had DLSS, I'm not choosing AMD now for that reason. The whole reason I buy AMD in the first place is because they're not a piece of shit company. Like that's it. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I feel like I think a lot of people feel that way. Like even the people that I know who aren't interested in Linux or open source, and who do buy NVIDIA cards, even in conversation with them, they're like, yeah, like I, they don't take pride buying an, a, a, an NVIDIA graphics card because they're like, yeah, they're pieces of shit. But the graphics card runs really good. Like that's pretty much the whole mentality behind it. See, the thing the thing is, is that so I keep coming back to this Intel comparison because really those are the two giants in the space, right? They're the. They're the monopolists, the ones that control the vast majority of – I mean, at least for Intel, it used to be the case. But uh, uh, with NVIDIA, they control the vast majority of the market share. And the, the thing is is that with Intel, a lot of their stuff is open source. A lot of the, They have a lot of open source stuff, but they also have an investment in the Linux kernel. A lot of the commits for the Linux kernel come from Intel. They have an entire Linux team that develops stuff for Linux because – uh, a lot of their processors are used in enterprise, and where is Linux big? It's big in the enterprise. So that's the reason why Intel has a an investment in Linux and seems to be great at uh, developing things for Linux and getting patches out and stuff like that. The, the problem with uh, NVIDIA is they don't have any, like, they don't care about Linux whatsoever. And it shows, right? They have They don't care 
what so i mean i'm not sure that they really care about windows either <laughs> i think that yeah. they really care about i mean because you're right they, they seem like they're a lot like qualcomm in a way like it, it feels like their only existence isn't really to uh innovate and stuff like that i mean they do innovate obviously but it feels more like they're in it to just make as much money as possible over and over and over again right and that's the capitalist way of doing things of course i don't want to feel like a socialist but that's just the way things are and it's just the way things work the 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 thing about nvidia is is that there needs to be something that gets them invested in linux where actually truly matters to them right where if they don't go through and put effort into it they're going to be hurt because the only way they're ever going to go through and actually make the experience for Linux better is if not doing so would hurt their bottom line, which is the only thing they seem to care about. You know, it's going to be only. And I don't see a reason like the, the Linux, the thing you and I love the Linux desktop. Like we're, we're Linux mm -hmm. nerds. Everybody in the chat uses Linux probably. I mean, otherwise, why would you probably be here? I mean, whether you use it as your daily driver or just part-time or whatever, you've, you use it. You at least like it. Right. You're here for a reason. The Linux market share for desktop is so utterly small, no one in their right mind would care about it that cares about also making money. You know what I mean? It doesn't pay, it doesn't pay them to invest developer resources into doing this that and the thing is, is that the only reason a lot of big companies do this is either because they're invested in, in the enterprise or they're just a fairly good company. You know, like AMD really doesn't have a reason to be as awesome about Linux as they are. But they're just other than they know they win brownie points for well, it. Well, I mean, they do. Like, but I mean, even then, I mean, the market share is so small that the brownie points are minuscule like the, yeah. they could they could spend they could spend that money and that development resources elsewhere and probably get more brownie points but they don't because they're not i mean i'm, I'm not gonna go out and say hey they don't care about making money of course they make care about making money they uh, would go out of business if they didn't you know want to yeah, make money that is their primary focus right but they're also not the an evil son of a bitch right you know i mean they, yeah they, well, I think it's also because AMD is the company that understands, like, if we make it open and we don't care about trying to protect a lot of the technologies that will come come out through the development process. Well, that in most we don't we don't have to spend money on it. Like AMD doesn't pay as many developers as Nvidia does. Plus, most of and their technologies, let's just face it, are ripoffs of what Nvidia has already done. Well, I mean, yeah. fr you know, FreeSync and all this stuff is just copies of what Nvidia has well, done. So they don't have as much to lose in that as you know, aspect. But yeah, well, I mean, but you also got to think about it like this: like AMD also kind of intuitively benefits from being open source because the Inv the hyper active, the hyper committed, and um, we would say like hyper-functional um, developers who develop for NVIDIA, when they go home, if they like messing around with Linux, they probably do some open source development for AMD's drivers. So AMD by proxy just can benefit from the developers that N NVIDIA spends money on. Yeah. They can just benefit off of their free time. Um, um, plus, there's a big difference between having started 
already started doing something and then starting up, you know, uh, you know, again or a new that makes sense. So like or reverse engineer. Like, you know. So like AMD has been doing the Linux thing for a long time. They started out uh, as a very small company and they bought like ATI or whatever. So that's when they did the, the, the GPU stuff. And they've been supporting Linux through this whole time. So they kind of had the momentum. Whereas NVIDIA had no interest in Linux whatsoever and really all, I mean, really only got into it because they were pestered into it by probably Linus Tolvarolds and the, the Linux kernel guys, right? That's the only reason why they did what little they ever did. And getting motivated to do more is a lot harder than already having the momentum of doing something. I don't even know. Yeah. You know, so I, I starting from scratch is more difficult and just always. Is. Yes. And their software. I don't, I don't know about you, Tyler, but the NVIDIA software has been shit no matter what platform I've been using. Like it's, no. it's crap on windows. Like their, their NVIDIA stuff on windows. It's not good. Now, granted, I think all windows software is mostly garbage, uh, but uh, so obviously there's a there's a small amount of bias there, you know. But uh, well, I mean, as someone who used like Windows for quite a little while recently, um, most of the software that I used was the same that I use on Linux. Like, I mean, I was for a lot of the people that saw my Windows desktop, if you did get to see it, like I had all the same stuff installed: Blender, GIMP. Div, well, uh, I'm not really talking. I'm not really stuff. talking about those kind of applications. I'm talking about like the, the driver applications and stuff like that. Oh well, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing: Nvidia sucks ass a- anywhere. Like their proprietary stuff, like it, it looks more slightly more modern on Windows. But you hop over to Linux, and it's like, dude, they haven't done anything since 1995. Yeah, that like that that uh, X Compositor, whatever it's the 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 the, the manager, whatever that thing has looked the same the entire time I've been using Windows. Or good lord, I did it again. Uh, I'm using <laughs> Windows again, folks. Good Lord. I'm, the entire time I've been using Linux. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, like it, it, it just doesn't look good, and it doesn't look. It, it's just, it's one of those things where like, Nvidia doesn't. Ha- Nvidia is going to become Intel if they continue on the same path. Like, they're getting lazier. Like that's just happening. Yeah, they're still innovating, but they're definitely doing it at a much much lower pace than they used to because they used to have to. Now AMD is getting for the desktop market. AMD for just about everyone is plenty fine. Like I honestly don't know that I would have a better experience with a RTX card that I'm having with my 6600 XT. It's fine. And also I'm definitely not going through the hassle of having to configure their drivers and shit on Linux. Not a pass. Yeah. So I think as people continue to switch over to Linux, which is becoming more and more a thing, I I, I kind of think they'll have to eventually care. I hope so. Um, I I don't know if the momentum of switching to Linux is going to be uh, big enough, mainly because I think that the we're going to end up seeing more and more people because most of the people who are going to be switching to Linux, at least coming up, I have forgot to. Silence my phone. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, I did not either. <laughs> it's only an hour in, into it, so I'm surprised it didn't interrupt us yeah. before then. Uh, but anyways, I, I think that the most of the people that are going to be switching to Linux, at least when it comes to like the Steam Deck or whatever, are going to be doing this on ARM-based processors, which has, which Nvidia has, at least right now, they have no, you know, uh, skin in the game in that 
because they don't make ARM processors. Now, eventually, they're supposedly they're going to buy ARM, which means we're all going to be screwed. But, um, yeah. God, yeah. Imagine a world where Nvidia owns ARM. God. Hopefully, at one point we'll have some. Um, this it just kind of makes me vomit to say, but uh, a government that actually does their freaking job and says, "Hey, <laughs> no, how how they'll be like Austin Power, how about no?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't. So I had I can't remember the last Nvidia card I ha- I owned. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, I've I've used pretty much uh, uh, AMD cards for the last ten or fifteen years. It's just because I've always had a problem with Nvidia software. Like their Nvidia software has just always been bad for me. So I've always just used AMD. Uh, all the way back to when it was ATI. Like. My first graphics card was an ATI card. Um, so. I mean, I've used the 2080 Supers before. They're nice, but still, drivers and everything on Linux are shat. But okay, so welcome to NVIDIA. Apple Apple posted an all-time revenue record of $123.9 billion in the last quarter. And uh, I would like to say, uh, hey, um, Apple, uh, buddy old pal... <laughs> Can, can you send some of that my way, please? <laughs> Literally, just give me like, just, just give me like, point two percent. No, no, you know? I don't, I don't need to be greedy. Just, just send a few k my way, like, like a hundred thousand dollars. I'm good. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't. <laughs> the sad part is, is, could you imagine if Apple did like, to me? No, this is completely off topic. This is completely a tangent. But just as a quick thought experiment for everyone. Um, how unlikely is it that here in the next, before too long, few corporations just get together and decide that, like, you know, they're going to bail out government? Like, <laughs> I, think- I know that's kind of a scary thought for people to think about, but, like, when Apple's posting, like, just quarterly, like, that's just what they made this quarter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it won't be too long before like, they're like, you know, we could just bail out this government. It was like, you know, like two why not? years ago that they everyone freaked out because Apple was the first trillion dollar company. Like it was like two weeks ago, three trillion dollars. Like, like in two years, they added two trillion dollars to their market cap. Like, what even is this? <laughs> they, they they make iPhones. You know, these things aren't worth that much. Uh, apparently I'm wrong. Well, I mean, they're selling you a used car every time you buy a phone, and some people do that every year, so yeah. it adds up. All right, so every week, Tyler and I, uh, co- you know, scramble together and try to find desperately an application or a pick or a trip or something. Something. We don't know what to call this section because everybody else has called – everyone else calls it Picks of the Week, so we don't really want to call it Picks of the Week. Some people do Apps of the Week and uh, – you know that's kind of what this is, but you know we don't call it. We, we do something at the end of the show. Tyler, what is your thi- your thingy of the week? My thingy would be Adam. Adam's really nice. Um, it's an IDE. Um, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with what Adam is, it's an IDE that's made by GitHub. Um, so is now I assume a Microsoft product. I mean, I would have to assume, um, which it definitely is. Uh, but with that being said, it's really nice. Like it, it is really nice depending on what you want to do with it. Um, I'll be going back to VS Codium, but um, I've been playing around with um, um, Adam just doing some C sharp development, um, 
with my game and unity and it's working just fine. Uh, I just, I don't know, like it's for what I'm doing with it. It's not really tailored. It's not really tailored for like C sharp development, but it's not like it doesn't fulfill that task just fine. Um, it's really nice. I, I really do like it. Um, I did try doing like my game development in Vim for a little bit. And I look, I love Vim, but Vim for me is like what I use to mess around with like configs and stuff. I'm not, I don't know. I don't like using Vim as like something where I'm constantly like man- managing a lot of files in and switching before. Like, I don't know. You know to what, me, that's not what I like. You know what you should use? You should definitely use. Please, I don't fucking say. You it. should use Emacs. I mean, I you should definitely do. use Emacs. I'm just saying, you should no. use Emacs. No, um, I, I don't. I don't want to. I, I don't want no, to. I tried. No, nah, I'll pass. You're not a real coder until you use Emacs. I'm just. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be a real coder. I'm, I'm just trying to get my scripts to like do some basic shit in the game. That's it. I mean, not really basic, had, but you, you get my point. I had to chop in there before somebody in the chat said, "Well, you know, you should use Emacs." Oh, I'm uh, sure that comment already exists. I'm sure we could scroll back and we could find a few good Emacs comments. The thing was, is it was DT back there about a half an hour ago trolling us about Emacs. We were talking about gaming. He said, what do you need games for? Emacs already has Tetris. There's something like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come no. on, man. All right. Uh, so mine is a, uh, is a tool that goes into a proper text editor, a proper coding uh-huh. experience. And that is Goyo, and it is a plugin for Vim, the the best best text editor <laughs> ever invented. Uh, and it's, just just so every Emacs user can hear that one more time. I just want you to repeat that. What's the best text editor out there? Vim is the best text editor. Oh, oh, not in, just just hearing you say that gives me shivers. It's so nice. not even yes. not even close. Anyway, so Goyo is my pick. Basically, what this does is it allows you to enter a distraction-free writing environment, but also kind of – basically what it does is just centers text on your screen in Vim. So if you're going through – basically, I don't – I'm not a coder at all. I'm not even attempting to pretend I'm a real coder. I, I don't code anything. Uh, but I go through – I use Vim for writing. Like all my professional writing, I've been doing in Vim and Markdown. And one of the things is is that the way that Vim does wrapping, that text wrapping, is – not great. There's ways you can make it better, but in full screen mode, it's the lines literally run forever. Like it's not great. So with Goyo, everything's comp- compressed down into what look like actual paragraphs, and it's good. So if you pair this with a another plugin called Limelight, basically what that does, in, so with Goyo, you get the, all the text into the center, into basically paragraphs. And with Limelight, that will go through and just highlight the, the paragraph you're on. All the rest of it is kind of like grayed out so that you can kind of only focus on that one piece of text or that one paragraph that you're editing or typing or whatever. And it's good. So if you're – it's not like true distraction-free. I mean because let's be honest. Vim is about as distraction-free as you're going to get. There's no buttons in there no. to begin with. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about – it's not really distraction-free anyways. It's just more – organized and kind of in your face. So you don't have to worry about craning your neck back and forth. If you have like a really wide monitor, uh, which you would, I mean, if you're in full screen mode or a full screen window on like a 48 inch monitor, trying to do a 50,000 word document, you're, you're going to have your, your head over here. And then 
by the time you get to the end of the sentence, you're going to be looking over there, you know. So Goyo, <laughs> yeah. Goyo will take it and put it right smack dab in the center. It's good. So um, I like it. Uh, the the TNA Hunter asked if I have a uh, video on setting up i3 Window Manager. I do, in fact, have a, a video like that. It's really old, so you'll just have to start, type in how to rice i3 and the Linux cast, and you should be able to get it. It's my most viewed video. Uh, anyway, so that was like a, a random Q&A answer right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> congratulations. You, get, you, you managed to get grab my attention to the chat. I, we, we have been ignoring the chat the last few times. Uh, we, eventually, we'll, we will do a Q&A, but we can't do it today because we're at an hour and 15 minutes already. And um, yeah, now, now why that's not the longest podcast you've ever done, uh, I'm at the point where I'm just kind of uh, – I'm ready to go. So – <laughs> uh, it, with, with that being said, uh, thanks everyone for watching. If you want to watch this thing live, so let's talk a little bit about what the podcast is going to look like going forward because I'm making some changes. And Tyler, you don't know about this yet because I haven't actually discussed no, this with you. So surprise, uh, it's <laughs> not a big change. So uh, traditionally, what would happen is that we record this live every Thursday around three o'clock Eastern time. And that's going to continue. We're not going to change that whatsoever. Uh, but normally what would happen is that right after the stream, uh, we'd go through and I'd unlist this video and eventually it would be gold members only on YouTube. That's going to change. The live stream will be now public for everybody. Okay. And it will be the podcast on the YouTube channel. If you want to watch the podcast, this is what you're going to be watching the live stream. It's not going to be edited or at all. Okay. It's just going to be this. Um, and the reason why I'm doing that is because YouTube uh, punishes you through the algorithm by up for uploading videos that are over an hour long, but they don't do that if you they're live streams. Uh, so if you have an hour and a half long live stream, uh, it just counts as a live stream. It's not going to penalize you if people bow out, bow out of it after like two or three or ten minutes. Uh, so it's it's all about percentages. So. Uh, in order to kind of get that uh, retention rate up a little bit, what's going to happen is, like I said, the, the live stream will be the podcast uh, on the channel. So if you want to watch it, you'll get the pre-show, you'll get the end show, you'll get the podcast, everything. I'm not going to edit it at all. I will go through and put timestamps in the video description afterwards sometime during the evening after we record. That way, if you want to skip around between things, you can. Um, if you prefer the edited version of the podcast you can listen to that in audio form on friday afternoons now the biggest problem with this change is that the pay my patrons have always gotten early access to the edited podcast that's still going to be true they'll just get early access to the audio version uh they won't get there's no need for them to have early access to the video version it's already up for everybody so for my patrons i really do apologize for you guys not no longer getting that early access uh, but i think this is going to work better long term for the channel um i'm going to experiment with figuring out what i can go through and do with like the edited version of like the video I'm not sure what I'd do with it yet. Maybe I go through and break like the main topic down into just that clip, like that half an hour clip or whatever, and put that up. Maybe I create a second channel where like the um, the WAN show has like their a secondary channel where they go through and just put clips up. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Um, we'll see how it goes. But as of right now, the the live stream is going to be the podcast on the channel. The edited version is just going to be audio form only. Uh, like it always has been. So, 
Um, awesome. <laughs> um, Microsoft Edge enthusiast now says that I'm basically a YouTube bitch. Okay. I mean, I suppose, I guess I am. I, I, I'm just trying to avoid the... Because our, our podcasts have been doing really good in terms of views on YouTube, but the retention rate is usually about 10 minutes, which is great on a regular video that's 15 minutes long. It's like, that's spectacular. But on a, on a video that's an hour and a half long, it's not that great at all. And YouTube doesn't like that. It, it, it just doesn't like it. It punishes you through the algorithm. So... I'm going to be experimenting on things for the most part. The podcast is not ending or whatever. It's just going to be we're going to try to figure out how to do this a better way. So yeah. if you have suggestions on how we could do it, you could leave those comments in the comment section below. You can email them at email at thelinuxcast.com. All the contact information was beforehand. I'm not going to go through it again. That would take five minutes, and good Lord. Uh, before we go, we should take a moment to thank the current patrons. Um, I was very wordy there for a while. I apologize for that. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, um, that's not the one I was looking for. There we go. Us. Current patrons. Sid A, Dev on East Coast Web, Patrick L, Primus, Marcus, Meglin, Jacksnap Tool, Steve A, Cybergate Linux, Garrett, Mitchell Arts Center, Carbon Data, Jeremy, Sean, Odin, Martney, Merrick, Camp, Joshua Lee, J Dog, Peter A, Crucible, and Dark Bandit 6. Thanks everybody for watching. If you are interested in supporting the podcast through Patreon, uh, Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash Linuxcast. We will see you next time. Boy.